0: Welcome to HQAF Radio. I'm Francis.
1: And I'm Alana. And this is a show about two best
0: friends. Okay, I am back.
1: Great. Oh, I was waiting for the now recording, but I guess Unicaster (laughs) doesn't do that.
0: So it's been a while since we've done like a format where we're just sharing stories. I'm really excited about this. I don't know how to open though. Do you have a good opener?
1: I do have a good opener actually. So this story is very, very many decades old. It is a story about my great, great grandmother. It's cringy. And it's a story I I wanna tell on the pod and it just so happens to fit in with this topic and what we're gonna be talking about today essentially. And when I heard it, I thought it it was so funny (laughs) and I was like, I have to tell Francis the story because it turns out there's a very specific part of my personality that comes from my Irish side. I just didn't realize it goes back several generations. So the only way to describe it is to jump right into it. So this is about the story of my mother's great grandmother, which I think makes her my great great grandmother, right? Is that correct?
0: Yeah, that's correct.
1: Perfect. So my great, great grandmother, her name was Nellie and she was from a small town in Ireland and she was the oldest of two daughters. And she was the favorite daughter. They educated her, which was very much not a thing that you did. They sent her to school and then they sent her to the big city for her first job to get experience doing this job before moving back home. And so when she was living in the big city, which was Dublin, She was living in, I believe it was called like a boarding home, which is essentially, I I guess like a hostel, but you live in this house that a woman owns. It's her house. She's a widow. She's very old. So people back in that day, you didn't rent an apartment. You would rent like a room in a boarding house. And so all different kinds of people would live there who are, are doing the same thing. They're like doing a job in the big city, whatever, or trying things out and then seeing how it goes. And so the nature of living at a boarding house means that you get to eat there. Like part of your rent is you get the room and then you also get services like housekeeping. The, the lady will wash your clothes and she will make your meals and she will clean your bed, all that stuff like that.
0: Oh, damn. Yeah.
1: I know, like really great. And I'm sure it was dirt cheap back then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if, I, if I had that nowadays, I'd save so much money.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, incredible. So my... Great-great-grandmother, Nellie, was described as uh, tall, flat chested, and very vivacious, very bubbly, sort of like me, like a people person and really, you know, outgoing and, Hey, how you doing? And part of that was because this was her first time in the big city. Like before she was just living on the country, living on a farm, going to school. She didn't really go out. She didn't really do anything. So now she's living in the city and she's like meeting all these people and she's excited she's making money and she's learning this job and she's living in this boarding house and she goes out with friends and she's meeting people and it's great. So one day she is at dinner with all the other people who are in this boarding house. They're just talking over dinner. Another person that was sitting at this table who was also renting from this boarding room was a man named Alfred, who would later become my great-great-grandfather. But they didn't know that yet. They were just two people living in this boarding house uh, together and so, One day over dinner, my great-great-grandfather turns to, you know, the lady who runs the boarding house saying, Hey, I'm looking for my socks. I can't find them. Did you finish cleaning them perchance? Or I just, like, I need my socks. Because back in that day, like, you only had one pair of everything. Like, one pair of underwear, one pair of socks. So you sort of, like, you did a lot of washing, like, regularly and also uh, needed these things. And so the lady replies saying, Oh, I actually haven't seen them. I was looking for them because I had just washed them, but I couldn't find them. And she turns to Nellie saying, hey, Nellie, did you happen to see them? And my great-great-grandmother goes, oh, yeah, here they are. And she pulls them out of her bra and (gasps) puts them on the table. And she's like, here you go. Sorry, I was just borrowing them because I was going out later tonight. But if you need them, here you go. Because she was flat-chested and so she was stuffing her bra but the fact that she just flat out at the table no shame like she wasn't embarrassed at all she's like oh i'm so sorry i totally didn't mean to put you out like that like she was more embarrassed about putting him out like oh i'm really sorry you needed these i just thought i could borrow them for tonight because i'm going out with my friends and like she just took them out of her bra at the table and my great grandfather instantly fell in love with her. He was like, wow, oh my god, look at her. She's just so innocent. She's just so herself. And like that was so captivating for he never met anyone like that. And I thought, oh my God, that's literally me. That's some shit I would do
0: well and i wonder if she had retroactive embarrassment after the fact
1: <laughs> oh exactly yes oh my god i know i wish i could go back and ask her oh was that like really embarrassing when you thought about it long enough nelly what was going on in your head yeah. but isn't that the most me thing you have yeah, ever it, fucking it heard really
0: <laughs> is it really is do you have a photo of her i'd be interested to see how uh, oh. you compare up to her in terms of I looks know. the family resemblance
1: seriously yeah because also she was tall i i guess the only difference is that i have boobs and she didn't uh sorry Nali, <laughs> but like i <laughs> it came later in the generation but, yeah irish people and italian people are not known to be very tall people but yeah everyone in my family like my grandmother is the tallest of her family she was like five nine or five ten and then my grandfather my Italian grandfather was also the tallest of his family and like yeah it's really weird I'm like bred specifically of like the tallest bunch of all of my family that typically aren't tall but yeah I should ask my mom for a photo I would love to see her.
0: If Alana finds it, we'll post it on the gram.
1: Oh, abso-fucking-lutely. <laughs> but I thought that would be a great way to tee up this cringe story, because <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, there has to be yes. a retroactive embarrassment or cringe <laughs> that she must have felt after that. Oh, God.
0: So for today's episode, we're going to be talking about our cringiest moments here on Earth. Our cringiest moments, I've got two stories, maybe I guess two and a half stories in particular that I I have to share with you, Alana. I think one of them you already kind of know. This other one though that I have that kind of brought up the whole topic for me is brand new. It happened about a month ago and I still think about it to this day and I cringe. I'm like, I can't believe I just did that. Like, oh my God. Oh my God.
1: (gasps) Tell me! Okay, I'm dying. You have to tell
0: me. So, okay, for some background, you know that we go to this farmer's market every week, right at at our town, and we go there mainly for groceries. At the vendor that we usually get our groceries from, across the way, there is a plant vendor. I always stop by, and I, I don't buy something usually, but when I do, I'm friendly with them. But, you know, it's, it's a big farmer's market. I don't typically think that they know who I am. There's just literally a lot of people, like, coming in and out. So I just admire the plants, and sometimes I buy some stuff. One day, they were having a plant sale over in where they are in Bumfuck, Virginia. I forget the actual city, the actual town that they're by, but... <laughs> Bumfuck gives <laughs> us enough of a visual, I think. <laughs> and we, we go... Buy the plants and we're literally like in the back roads up, in, up a mountain to go find this place. They've got this really great greenhouse situation. And the reason why I like them is they have native plants, which I'm really into. Uh, they just had a great selection and they had one particular plant that I was looking for. So I, I was really happy about the trip.
1: Wait, what is a native plant in this case?
0: A native plant is basically anything that is native to the region of where you live. So in this case, I'm really interested in anything that would grow here in Virginia. And there's a lot of reasons for it. One, in terms of maintaining a plant like that, since they're accustomed to the climate, they don't need as much water as some other plants that you might try to bring into here like roses. I
1: get it. Okay, very cool.
0: So, yeah, this vendor that's also one of the reasons why I like them is because they have a selection of native plants. Going back to the story, when we get to the the table where they're checking people out i try to hand them my card but they refuse and they're like actually we we don't have service up here you know we're in the middle of a fucking mountain we can't process your credit card and we only take cash and between myself chris and donica my my sister who was with me at the time like none of us had cash we don't carry cash for city folk like we don't have cash and we we're panicking, and the guy saw us panic. He's like, "Actually, no. I I recognize this guy. He comes to the the stand every week. Oh you know, we'll God. give we'll give him a sixty dollar credit, and you can just pay us back when you see us next week." And yeah. I was just like, "Wow, that is so cool! Like, I I I have an in of these people. I, they know me as the guy that stares at their plants, but they fucking know me." <laughs> so...
1: <laughs> the plant daddy has arrived, <laughs> guys.
0: <laughs> And it was great. Like the, the following week I'd showed up with the credit and we had established a great relationship. So fast forward to June, and I go over to the plant stand and I decide I wanna buy a plant. And I let the vendor know, but they didn't have the credit card processing machine. You know, how the square, like it hooks up to your phone and you could swipe and that's how you could pay some of the vendors at these uh, farmer's markets. Mm-hmm. Well. The vendor I was talking to didn't have the the shared one that they had. She had to wait for somebody else to finish helping another customer. So I was just waiting. She goes off to do something else. And the same dude that recognized me at the farmer's market is there too. And he comes around and he comes to where I'm standing. And across the table, he reaches his right hand out to me. And I I go in and I go to shake his hand. and as soon as our fingertips touch he like pulls his hand back almost as if i just electrocuted him and he's like oh i i wanted your credit card and <gasps> i was oh, no. so fucking embarrassed i literally thought that this man knew who the fuck i was and wanted to shake my hand <laughs> yes. I, oh I, my god and i like I had the longest three minutes of just waiting. After I gave him the credit card, I just like stood there so embarrassed, waiting for him to process my credit card. He, he, we were just standing there for three minutes as he like he didn't even need the credit card right then and there. I was just so embarrassed. And uh, I, I I was seeing friends like right after that afternoon, and one of my friends was just like, Yeah, you can never go see that plant vendor again. wow
1: that is very embarrassing
0: two months later i have not seen him yet i have not seen them i do not i thought you said like
1: oh we we met we talked it was a whole thing it was very weird that's a yikes dude that's a yikes for me oh my god that's so embarrassing i don't get embarrassed a lot so this topic was hard for me but that, like, I'm, like, you know, have you ever heard of secondhand embarrassment? Like, I'm secondhand embarrassed for you. I'm so sorry. Oh, I, my
0: God. I'm
1: cringing. Ah, God.
0: I I didn't know you don't get embarrassed a lot. Well, I have, so, I, I guess, let me t- tell you how I go through embarrassment sometimes. That was, like, top-notch embarrassment for me, like, that I felt in a very long time. Like, I've had, like, small embarrassing moments, like small faux pas, if you will. Like, that was top level, like, I'm, I still haven't seen my vendor yet. It's been two months. I probably will never go back there again. I accidentally touched that man's hand thinking he wants to shake hands, that we are that familiar and I can never go back now. I could just never can go back. And then I have small embarrassments. This past week, I got some really good news from my manager about, like, oh, we've got a new person coming in and, you know, like you to to be his uh, manager and like you to, you know, be his job lead. And that's great. That's fantastic news. And whenever I have good emails or some just news to share, I will forward the emails to Chris. He and I work in the same company, so it's just something for him to read over and we can talk about later. Love that. So I forward the email and literally the next minute later my manager forwards me the same email back and i realized that i had accidentally in my in sort of absent-mindedness just forwarded that email that my manager had sent me originally back to him again and he no. was just sending the he sent the email no. back, no. and no. I was like, "Oh,
1: oh God, oh Sorry. God, no, oh no, Francis." I, oh
0: and you God. know what? You know, and I hope I played it off because what I did is like, I, 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 I hit reply, and I was like, "Sorry about that. My computer was freezing, and hit all these buttons. And I meant to, I meant to respond actually with I." got it loud and clear, no complaints here kind
1: of email. Wow, so. good save. I would have I, never I thought so. of that. I, fr- I, would I freaking have hope so. <laughs> I would have been like, bye, This, I'm done, this is over, I'm so embarrassed, Jesus. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That's like my yeah. actual worst nightmare. Truly my worst nightmare is forwarding an email or accidentally emailing someone something that like it did not go to them. And, Obviously something never, more like personal. Yeah.
0: But that's never happened to you before. You've never had a moment like that where you yep. accidentally messed up or you were just so embarrassed by it
1: no at my job absolutely not no because i'm such a control freak and i oh my god i check and double check even just regular emails to my manager saying yep sure thing i will read and reread an email like at least twice before i send it it's psychotic i don't know how i operate in my own (laughs) mind but i am so afraid of making a mistake because Mm. i have a trauma that i just literally always operate at 150 percent. like never want to accidentally go there was only one time actually the only time where I was very laissez-faire about my job was where we so I have access to a general mailbox a general email inbox essentially and so we get random requests we get a lot of spam and then additionally the main office line we have a regular phone line that doesn't go to anyone I imagine it just goes straight to a voicemail that gets turned into an email that gets sent to me that I have to log into the separate platform to then hear the, the voicemail. I can't just listen to it. I have to log into the separate system and it's really annoying. And some days I just don't want to fucking log in and do it. And uh, the emails, I can sometimes see the transcript. It doesn't always make sense because it's being transcribed through a third party and like not a person, a robot. And so I saw this transcript that said, hi, blank co-worker i'm reaching out about this and so i was like oh usually i don't get any emails for this specific co-worker they never get any of the spam emails so it seems kind of spammy and strange like this person would never get an email from or a voicemail from a general person but i don't feel like logging into this separate platform so i just forwarded it to the guy and he immediately uh, sent me a Slack message saying, yeah, I think bloody blah from this company is probably a scam because of this. And so I didn't listen to the voicemail off. Like, I just literally forwarded it. And that was the only time I was like, oh, whatever, I'm going to be laissez-faire. And then, of course, it immediately bites me in the ass. And, it's, and so I just played it off like, oh, haha, I figured it was spam. But, you know, because he asked for you directly, I just thought maybe it wasn't. And he's like, yeah, I think from blank phony ass company, it's probably fake. And I'm like, oh, ha, I thought so too, but you never know. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so fucking embarrassed. I just literally like didn't decided to just not do my job one day or for one email and like it immediately oh, backfired. Yeah. It wasn't a huge thing. It wasn't catastrophe, yeah. right? But it was just like, yeah. oh, that doesn't like look great that I So,
0: so you know. it's one of those moments where you had embarrassment in the moment.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. But for me, that, so yeah. I'm sorry. Oh,
0: what I was going to say gonna that. Say? That reminds me of a very very recent story. That story about my manager, that story about the farmer's market, and now this story, it all happened in the span of a week. And so I was oh, I just, just having you like a, a weird week. moment. Yeah, I was just Jeez. like having a weird moment of just cringe. And I told you about this one uh, a little bit, but my cat had gotten stung by a bee. Her face was swollen and we had been taking her to the vet. And at the, this particular day, she threw up three times and I was worried that it was a result of the drugs that my vet had given her. I called, we made the appointment. And when we get back home, I get a call almost immediately. It's a 540 number. And I I think, oh, the vet has a bunch of Virginia area codes. This must be one of them that I don't recognize. And so I pick it up and it wasn't the vet. It was somebody cold calling me to ask me about how my company deals with cloud storage. And I, I was just like, uh, I don't know what was going through in my mind. I guess I was more concerned about other things. But I was like, hey, I'm just really busy right now. I, I can't talk right now. And he said, hey, why don't we just set up another time, maybe when you're less busy. And instead of hanging up, which I really should have done, like I, in the moment, I have that out of body experiencing, you need to hang up this phone, Francis. But instead, I fucking made an appointment. And i thought that he did not know i thought he was just cold calling me as a telemarketer he just got my email address somewhere and my phone number somewhere and that was that i did not think that he had my work email address because i keep that locked down i do not use my work email for anything other than work and so color me surprised when he sends me a calendar invite to my work email and as well as the fake email that I gave him. I was just like, oh my God, like, oh my God, no. It's on my work calendar now. And I've got a fucking calendar invite for this person that I don't even want to talk to, like this telemarketer. Ugh. And so- wow. um, Did his research, like found you
1: the fuck oh. out, oh. knew all of your shit. <gasps> and Dude.
0: so, you know, <laughs> you know, Catherine had given the really great advice of just, you know- let it sit for a day or two and then cancel. Just cowardly cancel and walk away. And that is what I did. Um, it was scheduled for late Monday morning. And so early Monday morning, I said, hey, sorry, conflict came up and canceled the event on my calendars. And then I immediately block all of the emails on there. I block his company from my records. I block his phone number. But even though I blocked him, I did get a voicemail from him and the voicemail was saying, oh, sorry to see that you had a conflict. You know, as a professional courtesy, you should e- e- please reach out again to try to reschedule or something like that. like, oh my God, he is calling me out for not being professional. This guy who's a telemarketer and now I'm here. I'm like, ah! <laughs> I just, uh <laughs> <sighs> oh.
1: They're paid to get in your head though, Francis. I Don't know. take it to heart. Their whole point is to guilt trip you yeah. into to getting on the phone. I would definitely not take that jab at your professional courtesy to heart, for sure. Like, aggressive that he came out so forthcoming about it. What the fuck? I
0: I know, I know. (laughs) That's the last time I ever pick up unknown numbers. Like, seriously, I don't know why I did that. I thought it was the vet, like so mad at myself about it.
1: Yeah, you were in an emotional place. We, We all do things when we're just not thinking or we have a lot of other things going on. Yeah, he's a bastard for capitalizing on that. Clearly, you had other things going on and other things on your mind. So he's the dick, not you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what other cringe moments did you have? Or do you want to talk about your retroactive blindness? blindness, retroactive embarrassment.
1: (laughs) There we go. Yes. So I am afflicted with retroactive embarrassment. I typically do not get embarrassed in the moment. I guess in that one work situation where I just casually just did not do my job to the fullest effect as I could have. And then it came immediately biting me in the butt that was a moment where like i i live feed instagram live experienced embarrassment but typically i don't experience embarrassment in that moment it'll be either a couple hours or a couple days after when i'm reflecting on it and i'll experience what i have dubbed retroactive embarrassment i don't know if that's actually a term or actually anything that anyone experiences it but it happens to me quite a bit
0: I wonder if part of that, too, is you're a very active journaler as well. You like to come back to moments that have happened in, during the week. And because of that, like in the moment, you might not, you know, like I, I like and I know you too, like you're very one tracked. You, you've You've got like a singular purpose whenever you go through like a moment. And so you might do something and not realize, oh, this is something I should be embarrassed about. You're just kind of doing your own thing. And then when you write about it later, that might be like a moment of reflection for you where you're like, oh, wait a second. I probably should be embarrassed that that happened, that I did that.
1: (laughs) Yes, I think that's 100% it. That my processing of information is just a little bit, or processing of experiences. It's just a little bit delayed and therefore reflecting upon it puts it more into perspective. Whereas in that moment, like you said, I'm a one-track mind. I'm very transparent. I don't pick up sarcasm. There can't be multiple main plot lines going on or multiple subplots. That's just too much for me to handle. I'm very one-track mind. And I I also would describe myself as the person who doesn't know when people are laughing at me versus with me. And then I'm the person who's just laughing because everyone else is laughing. I don't feel bad about it. I'm just like, oh, okay, haha, it's funny. Like when we were doing the fucking, the the game, what were we doing that whole uh, newlywed game? And then I had said something that was very inappropriate that I didn't realize was inappropriate, and I didn't mean it that way, and everyone was laughing, and I'm like, yeah, because of this, right? And everyone's just like, no, because of that. I'm like, okay, well, I don't really get it, but let's move on, I guess. Like, (laughs) and then I like laughed about it later. I'm like, oh, I didn't get that. Like, I still didn't get it.
0: You weren't embarrassed in the moment,
1: though. No, I was. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so retroactive embarrassment, I just like, I I, I look at something and I go, oh, that's embarrassing. But I find it more funny than anything because I just, I don't have the same effects of embarrassment. I don't know.
0: I, I have a moment yeah, that I want to ask you about then. Do you remember when you had a big party for your boss's boss, I guess? I don't know how you want to call it. <gasps> oh, uh, I do know this party. And- yes. You were out on the dance floor. You were dancing and you are having a good time. Yeah. But then also in the same, I, I want to say in the same party, you were also crying. You're probably the only yeah. person crying, I think, if I remember the story correctly. Yes,
1: I was. I, w- I was <laughs> <Do> you- fully <laughs> sobbing. And at a company <laughs> where people had worked there for 15 plus years, like five people had known and loved this person. It was a retirement party. And I had worked there for like maybe two, maybe a year and a half. And I'm like sobbing thinking about wow this person's retiring she literally lives down the street like I will see this person all the fucking time but I was like oh my god I'm gonna miss you and she was like not even that nice to me (laughs) and I'm
0: fully crying when you think back to those moments do you feel embarrassment
1: no I don't I
0: don't really because I
1: just feel like that's just me baby girl like that's just me and maybe because Well, actually, no. I was about to say, oh, maybe it's because no one made me feel weird, but people are like, are you okay? Do you need to sit down? You seem like you're taking this harder than the person who's currently retiring from the place that she's worked at for several years. Like, several more years than you've worked here. Like, you barely know this person with respect to how long she's worked here. Like, what is wrong with you?
0: And this is what I'm saying, too. It's like, you have, like, a one-track mind. Well, I I don't know if that's even the right term, but you just live your own life, and... I, I feel like there isn't a ton that could embarrass you because of it. You just do your own thing and you are unapologetic about it, which is such a great trait to have because I feel like I I have more embarrassment than you do. I'm embarrassed a lot. I don't know if that's the Catholic in me, like the shame that I feel for all mm-hmm. these faux pas and the, the cringe moments, but like it, yeah.
1: Wait, are you secondhand embarrassed for me? Like when I told you that story, you were like, oh girl, like you didn't though, right? You're like, you're joking. I'm like, no, I fully fucking sobbed. (laughs) And then Catherine's first day just so happened to be the Monday after this party. I sat next to her at lunch. I'm like, oh, can I sit with you? She's like, oh sure. Cause I always like to go and make people feel welcome and she's like oh everyone keeps talking about this retirement party and i go yeah i was the only one that cried even though i've only worked here like two years <laughs> like, everyone <laughs> thought it was really weird and she's like that's a very specific thing to tell someone who just started working here. <laughs> like, you like went yeah. to this party and cried the whole time
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think when you tell it though when you tell me that in the moment I'm not secondhand embarrassed for you. I think I get it, but I think it's when you tell me, like, oh, and then other people are are asking me if I'm okay or Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. like what is going on? Like, are you <laughs> upset about other things that can't possibly be about this person you effectively don't know? Like who you just work with. It's not like she you're the godmother of her children or she's your godmother this person did not even exist three years ago in your life you didn't even know (laughs) anything yeah i just feel a lot all at once and except except not embarrassed
0: except not embarrassment
1: (laughs) no i don't so part of that is that i think i'm just so at peace with who i am a little bit Like, sure, everyone has things right that they want to change about themselves. But for me, being very emotional about someone I effectively don't know that well. (laughs) Like, for me, that's just not something that I feel like, oh, I want to change that about myself. Or, oh, like, it was weird that everyone kept asking me if I was okay and like, why are you crying so much? I was just being me. And like, I I don't know, I'm just in a place. Now, when I was a kid, I did absolutely would have been so embarrassed, but now I just, you know, I embrace it.
0: Alana, I, I just thought yeah. of <laughs> perhaps the one moment that I know you're going to be super embarrassed about. Tell me. The one moment. Okay, so this was early in our friendship when we were still hanging out in your garage house. And I, I don't think I stayed over, but I think I, like, and... I don't, yeah, I don't think I was staying over, but it was late at night and we were in your bed. And you got a message, and you, you were still teaching at the time. You got a message from one of your old classmates and she wants. She had sent you a message asking if you could refer her to a job at this company that you were working at. You're like this bitch. The audacity of her, and you accidentally gave her a thumbs up. You liked her Facebook message, and <laughs> you immediately Facebook uh, defriend blocked her. You went ahead and you just did it, and you were so embarrassed you were so embarrassed no retroactive embarrassment there you were so embarrassed oh my
1: god yeah
0: do you do you remember that
1: i do remember that (laughs) oh my god and do you remember how so after i accidentally hit the thumbs up which was so funny that i even hit it because I was talking mad shit to you, Francis. I don't know if you were. I was like, this dumb yeah. fucking bitch, how fucking yeah. dare she? And then as I'm like doing that Italian shit with my hands, I accidentally hit like thumbs up, my phone was unlocked and open and in the message. And then she instantly goes, oh my God, that's great. Like, where do I send my resume? And I'm like, oh fuck, I have to like de block her. <laughs> and then we called Allie and we were like, Allie, what was <laughs> like, should I? Cause you were saying, Alana, like it's so fucking weird that you de blocked her. Like, like you left her after on read, that message bitch. yeah like, <laughs> she
0: you got yes. you got her so fucking excited for for a potential and she literally job.
1: online like she sees this message disappear in her inbox like <sighs> this bitch never fucking existed and you're like friends like alana this is so much more embarrassing like stop you're making it worse i'm like i can't fucking do this i can't and so we called ally and i was like ally like what should i do and i think there's a video that is private yeah. on our youtube of that Oh, we sent her a video message. We sent her a video message because I guess voice, we needed something more than a voice memo at that point. What the fuck? Like, why did we send a video message? But yeah, no, that was incredibly embarrassing. Very much so. (laughs) That reminds me that Harley, so I was talking to him. I said, Harley, I'm recording this episode with Francis, but I don't get embarrassed of things. So can you tell me some stories? And so he told me some stories, which I just like, I don't know
0: S- stories where you were embarrassed or stories that he, he about him. stories
1: that are cr- cringy that like uh, he's like oh regarding these are, you regarding me that like maybe okay. he thought I would have retroactive embarrassment about but I still don't but we did find <laughs> out that I have a selective memory because he goes oh yeah remember when you did this I'm like oh I don't remember doing that
0: like what like what.
1: Sure. Well, so also I wanted to preface this and I want you to confirm if this is accurate. This is his hot take on this part of me. Harley says that I don't get embarrassed because it doesn't hit me that things are embarrassing in the moment. We know that to be true. And I agree with that. Yeah.
0: We just talked about that. Yeah.
1: But he says that's because I'm just happy to be the center of attention, even if I don't get it. And I'm like, (laughs) what the fuck? I am not someone who's like, pay attention to me. Oh my God. Like interrupting people, making sure everyone's like looking at me. Uh, I'm like, yeah it doesn't hit me like i'll be along for the ride but i don't think it's because i have this innate need to be the fucking center of attention do you think that's true do you think i'm like oh no. i love I, embarrassing I, moments I, so everyone looks at me like i don't think that's accurate like harley knows me but i feel like he kind of missed a mark on that one you tell me though like call me on no, my shit you always I do mean,
0: you and i were just talking somebody earlier who is definitely an attention seeker <laughs> I don't think that you are an attention seeker. You have a one track mind and you are just so confidently you that, that, you know, like you're not embarrassed by a lot of your actions or a lot. You're not embarrassed about yourself. I think if you did an action that is embarrassing, like the couple of stories that we just talked about, the email that you forwarded or, or the voicemail rather. And then, um, the
1: accidental like <laughs> of a message <laughs> yeah. and then the immediate yeah. block. Yeah.
0: Was this soap bitch? Sorry, like, was so random bitch. aside. It was Soap Bitch? Yeah. Okay. It was Soap pitch. Okay, bitch. great. Oh, I, yeah. I did, That's I, where Soap Bitch came <laughs> into
1: play, motherfucker. Yes! <laughs> Oh God, that was the night of soap bitch. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. so funny. That was very embarrassing. I guess I'm only embarrassed if I make a mistake. If I just do something that's part of my character, I'm like, okay, well that's just who I am. Like I can't be embarrassed about that because that's just me, you know? Shit, whatever. That's true,
0: yeah. And and like we we talked about before, you try very hard not to make mistakes. So uh, that's probably the reason why it doesn't happen for you as often.
1: Whoa, exactly. Yeah. And I'm so hypercritical about not making mistakes. That's probably why it's embarrassing when I do make mistakes. Whereas like, if I'm just being me shit, I'm just being my little fan fiction self. I don't, I just give myself the pass. It's fine. I'm, I am who I am. And I love that <laughs> for me. You know, I feel like there's nothing else for me to do. If I'm going to be sobbing at a retirement party, I, that's just what I'm going to be there to do. And I can't change that about myself. I just have to fucking sob and get through the night. Half, spend the party dancing half spend the party sobbing
0: so when you first told me that your family doesn't lock your doors and I was like Alana I think that's a little weird it's it's probably a miracle that you guys haven't been robbed yet and you relayed this story to your parents and finally your dad got the lock but in that moment did you feel embarrassment like what was exactly happening there in your mind and your emotions and, and it, probably in your family's emotions as well
1: no, wasn't embarrassed. Thought it was really funny. And I can guarantee my family wasn't embarrassed either. Although I guess my dad was embarrassed enough because then he did go and get locks. Yeah. You like yeah. flat out addressed it and said, Hey, why don't you do this? And then he got locks after 20 years of not locking the house that I grew up in. All of us grew up in like literally. So yeah
0: now you lock your doors like it's not like yeah
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) I'll do it even on accident like if I'm just going out to the trash and then like oh I'm you know I'm gonna be coming back I just do it by nature man oh my god I'm always locking that door
0: (laughs) if I never brought that up to you do you think you'd be locking your doors uh I don't know I actually don't know I get the sense you probably wouldn't though, because not only did you not lock your house, you never locked your car. So you never had a need to lock anything in your life. (laughs) Just (laughs)
1: No, you know, that's true. I I was about to say, I think you're right. I don't think that I would lock my house if it weren't for you telling me, hey, that's dangerous and what the fuck? (laughs) That's weird. You know, I still forget to lock my car because I haven't even had that car in two years. And I still like, oh yeah, I should lock it because now it's a car that I care about. <laughs> I just like crazy. Wait, you don't myself. lock Seto?
0: You, like, you don't lock your new I car? Have,
1: no, I, tr- I do, but I forget a lot more than I would like to admit, which is so crazy to me because I haven't had, you know, I got rid of my uh, car almost two years yeah. ago, and then I've been driving Harley's car, and I still forget like even with Harley's car I I would forget and now with my new car Seto thank you for acknowledging his name I feel very seen and he feels very seen right now but I still forget which is so weird because I've been driving cars that can lock and are valuable
0: yeah and I think maybe for you though it's probably hard to get over this new way of even locking the car because you would need to remember to press the button as you're Walking out, I'm thinking of your, your brother's car and Harley's car. They never had that sort of automatic locking mechanism, right? The one where it's a remote lock.
1: Exactly. Yeah, we never yeah. had that remote. All of our cars were yeah. way, very too old. Yeah. You know, essentially yeah. not from this decade or the decade so, before.
0: So, so you were not embarrassed. You just have a little bit of shame. It's a little bit of the Catholic coming out and just being like, okay. Or maybe yeah. peer pressure. I guess peer pressure from myself. <laughs> (laughs)
1: Exactly. Yeah, I have the ability to change and to learn, but I do need to be told that what I am doing is grossly, uh, ineffective or inappropriate, like Googling. Like Catherine taught me about Googling. I would have gotten this whole life. So many aspects of my life without Googling. Holy shit. Where would I have been, but I am very adaptable and Catherine, and I think you can attest to this, I love receiving feedback. And so I'm always open to a new way of thinking or a new way of living my life. Like locking my car or locking my house so I don't fucking die. That's the part that fucking blows my goddamn mind. Like I could have just been murdered if you hadn't, like, casually five years ago said that's fucking psychotic, you weird person. Like, The fact that you guys live
0: the guys that the fact that you guys lived in the greater Washington area this entire time and have just never locked it's not like we live in the country. I, I knew people that lived in Southern Virginia, literally bumfuck nowhere, and they would feel comfortable about it. It's probably fine. They probably had reason to because they knew everybody in their their little town and they just didn't see the need to. They trust everybody there. I guarantee you didn't know half the people on your block, or maybe you did actually. Did you know half the people on your block?
1: At my dad's house? Yeah.
0: Okay. And well, I think that was know. part
1: of the reason why, or or what sort of facilitated the mentality of keeping the doors unlocked because we would go in and out between, I was best friends uh, with this guy named Josh who lived, uh, there was a house between our two houses. So he lived two doors down from where I lived. We were literally on the same street, fe- just feet away from each other. And so we would go in and out, hang out between each other's houses though. I guarantee his parents fucking locked the house at night because there were no fucking kids going in and out at like crazy hours of the night because we were children. We were not up at those hours, but mm-hmm. yeah, I always assumed it was just because there were so many people coming in and out and then there were my stepbrothers and we were always like, we did know all the people on my block. We, we yeah. lived there, you know, very <laughs> many years. But yeah. still, but like, still
0: it's it's like at night it's, it, lock it. Was, yeah. You know, Northern <laughs> Virginia is not the same and anybody, any but any really rando not. can come up. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Like we live the furthest from anything that would be regarded as the country. We live in <laughs> Arlington. So close yeah. to D C it's insane insane. But I, I do wanna tell you two quick cringe stories which I don't find cringy, but Harley told me they were cringy. One of which (laughs) I actually would love to hear your perspective because this goes all the way back to the very first night we ever met. I don't know if you recall that night, Francis. You you and me? Yeah, do you remember the very first time we ever met? Not talking friendship anniversary, like the first time we became friends, Um, but the very first time we ever met.
0: I, I wanna say it was when Allie invited me to a poetry reading that you guys were having at your school.
1: Yes, that is right? correct. Yeah. On Halloween okay. of 2012, I believe. Wait,
0: is this about too white for life?
1: Yes. Harley says that is the cringiest thing he has ever seen me do. And I said, I don't think that was cringy. He's like, oh honey, that was so cringey. And I'm like, why? I thought it was funny. And he's like, I know you did. <laughs> But it was very embarrassing. <laughs> so once upon a time, Alana had a rapper persona in college because she thought it was funny. And I still think it was funny. And essentially, one day, I even recalled the, the day that Too White for Life was born. I was at the cafeteria with my friend Anita and another girl. And we were just chatting after class. And I, I told her I was an English major. And I liked writing fi- fiction and long form stories, things like that. And, and nonfiction, but poetry, not my jam. And so I was telling someone, I don't like poetry, but I do write raps. I like writing raps. And so she said, wait. you you don't write raps. I've never seen you write a rap. I'm like, I can write a rap right now. What do you want me to write a rap about? And she said, okay, write a rap about ice cream. And so then I write a rap in five minutes and it was the rap song I actually sang at this Halloween, the first time we ever met, my rap was called ice cream. And the first line is ice cream, ice cream, bitches. And that's, (laughs) and then there's a line about like, I have a dick, but I don't have a dick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I can find the lyrics somewhere, but I I write it in five seconds, Anita finds it so absurdly funny, she's laughing her ass off, I'm laughing my ass off, I think it's very funny, and from there was born this persona, and she's like, oh my god, well, if you write raps, you should do this more often, and obviously you need a rapper name, what's your rapper name? And I'm like, oh my god, what should my rapper name be? And I'm like, oh, fuck, two white for life. But instead of two, it's the number two, and then it's white, and then it's four, the number four, and then life. And then a lot of people said, oh, the, the I should be a Y. I'm like, no, I'm an English major. I spell this shit correctly. So... <laughs> Two White for Life was born, and I did Two White for Life at a couple of poetry readings. And I did actually gain enough clout that in my final semester at GMU, uh, there's this big event called Mason Day, which uh, George Mason University, which is named after George Mason the person. His birthday is like December 11th or December 13th. So it's always around the final week, either finals week or the week before finals. I forget which. And so they throw a big on-campus party just to celebrate. It's almost over and it's George Mason, which is the namesake of our university. And so I had gained enough clout that someone from the university who was the events planning, whatever people reached out to me saying, Hey, we would love for you to do a wrap for this George Mason party in the cafeteria, in the middle of the main cafeteria floor in the main building. And we're gonna have a whole thing set up and we would love to integrate Two White for Life if you could write a rap about George Mason. And I was like, oh, I have to write a rap that doesn't have curse words in it and isn't about inappropriate things, which inappropriate things are just so easy to rap about. So anyway, (laughs) I wrote a rap and I think it was funny. And yeah, all these people heard it and I was still not embarrassed. And my mom came, left work early to come and see it. And it was a whole thing. And I'm still not embarrassed about it. <laughs> like that's so fucking weird.
0: I, I don't think I saw that, did I? Like, I do not think I saw that for it was like in the one. middle of the
1: day, like in a, on a Wednesday, but you have seen very yeah. many Too White for Life. So I want to yeah. ask you, Francis, was that secondhand embarrassment to see, or were you like, oh, <laughs> I mean, actually, we've never talked about this. What did you think the first night you ever saw me or saw me rap or one of the two? <laughs> like, I can't even imagine what must have been going through your mind.
0: Okay, so I I think we have to have a little context here. So when I first came to that event, that very first event, Allie was talking about you. She's like, oh yeah, like my friend Alana, she's really great. Um, she, She might come out a little strong. She's the person that said that as soon as she first laid her eyes on me, that she knew we'd be really great friends. But you know, it's true. Alana and I are really great friends and I'm excited for you to come see her perform at this. And so my heart was open to meeting you already this event that ali or invited me to this poetry reading and i think it was supposed to be more of a open mic sort of situation where you go up and you read your works and i think it was all mostly students It was in this sort of coffee house stage that george mason had and a lot of these students were actually going up with somewhat serious pieces, if I remember correctly. And granted, there wasn't a lot of people, I think there's just a handful of people, but when you went on, you were the first person that came up there. And yes, Too White for Life is probably a little cringy for a rapper name, but you also were really enjoying yourself up there. You had a lot of fun just <laughs> rapping. Rapping quote, like I, I'm sorry. I have my, uh, I have air quotes. (laughs)
1: quotes (laughs) You're trying to like audio (laughs) do the air quotes. I can't
0: quit. Oh my god. Uh, the, the the thing that I, I, I don't think I was embarrassed for you in your rapping or your performance just because you looked like you were really enjoying yourself. Honestly, when I think about all of these stories or when you tell me these stories, like, I don't feel secondhand embarrassment for a lot of what you tell me until I realize when you bring in the third person perspective. Then I realize oh, maybe you shouldn't be crying at a party or oh, Maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> rapping at an event where people are trying to present their serious works as college writers, or you know, should. should, should.
1: I, and I also want to echo what France is saying because that's a hundred percent true. It is not an understatement to say that a lot of people with their works were bringing up very powerful, deeply personal. It, like, obviously things they were working through or processing in these works that they were reading, oh, yeah. like, they were... I, I cannot state this enough, how serious every oh, okay. everyone's yeah. piece was, except for mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now I'm kind of getting a little bit, a little bit sick and I'm embarrassed because really? it was so really? not the context. No, because you're reminding me. There was, like, one person who talked about this, like, very serious topic. As I'm going through the night and replaying that moment, now I'm like oh yeah there were like a lot of very serious topics that were discussed and then here's me trivializing that (laughs) with rap
0: the thing you remember here audience is that Alana and ali they were members of this literary journal and the literary journal was the one that was holding this and they were trying to be a serious literary journal so a lot of people who were participating or contributing to the journal or even to this event, had a lot of serious works here. (laughs) Yeah, the uh, literal
1: (laughs) event was to attract people to submit to our lit mag. And so we would host these events to get people to come out to open mics so that they can enjoy the pleasure of reading their works aloud, but also encourage them. Hey, remember you can submit your pieces, like your works to this lit mag and you might get published and that was not the business (laughs) strategy. And we were as the representatives of this lit mag hosting it. And Ali was the head editor, the prose and poetry editor. Oh my God. She's so sweet. She really just let me do my thing. Like, she was just like, you know, Alana. like, I just need her to be the little butterfly that she is, the weird, too white for life butterfly. I can't, I can't stop on her little dreams. (laughs) And like, at the expense of her literal job, like, she just went for it. What a queen.
0: (laughs) I can't believe like almost a decade later, you're feeling embarrassment about it now. now after realizing- I'm, It's all...
1: <laughs> coming. It's coming a little bit late, but it's there. And actually my other cringy story has to do with lit mag, with an open mic night. I don't know if you were there for this one. I don't remember this at all. Harley literally told me. And, and that's why he said, oh, you have selective memory. You don't remember this because you were so embarrassed. I don't think so because even when he told me it, I was like, oh, okay, well, whatever. So what happened was we were having one of our open mic nights I think this was one of my last semesters working, like I was about to graduate essentially. So then I wasn't gonna work on the lit mag anymore because I was graduating. But Harley came out to the lit mag because he's a very supportive boyfriend, drove all the way out there, so sweet. And I had this urge, you're gonna laugh so fucking hard, Francis, at this. Everyone's going and they're reading their pieces and, and they're primarily poetry. A lot of people that come to open mic nights are reading poetry because it's just more timely. It's easier to read and I uh, like, that's how a lot of people like process their stuff. You just can't go up there reading a whole ass fucking memoir. All right. It's just not a thing or long form fiction or nonfiction. But I was sitting there listening to people and I just had this urge like, Oh, I really <laughs> want to read this fan fiction I wrote. Like a chapter from a fan fiction story, like a multi chapter story.
0: What? I, I literally, in the back of my mind, was like, I, I wonder if she's submitted fan fiction or read fan fiction. And now you're answering that question. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, please go on. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah.
1: I know. Yeah, you're going to love this story. So, I don't remember this at all. I do a little bit if I think about it, but I, I just really don't remember it. And so, cause Harley was the one who told me today, he's like, oh yeah, remember when you read your fan fiction? I'm like, no, I didn't. He's like, yeah, you did. And then I sat there I'm like, oh, I guess I did. And he said, yeah, Alana, I told you not to. I said that it was the wrong place, the wrong time. It's also just really fucking weird. I'm like, nah, I think I'm going to do it. Like, I think it'll be good. He's like, I just, I know it won't be like, please don't. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going to do it. So I went up there and I did it. But I I read, like, a page or two of the chapter. So I didn't even, like, finish the chapter. And I came back, according to Harley, and I said, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. That was not what I thought it was going to be. And Harley's like, yeah, why didn't you listen to me? Why would you think that reading fan fiction at the primarily poetry reading in an open mic setting, I'm sure another night of people talking about some really heavy shit, and I'm just here, like, Seto and Mokuba went on their goddamn fucking adventure. It was literally, like, a... Uh, A chapter in a multi-chapter story. So like context is missing, character introduction, like so many things are missing. And when he told me that story, Harley was like, oh my God, that was so cringe. And I said, maybe I was embarrassed in that moment, but clearly like not enough that I'm like, oh my God, like the soap bitch story has more of an impact on me than that does. (laughs) And I feel like the fan fiction thing with the grand scheme of things, that's more embarrassing than anything else. I read this fucking fan fiction at (laughs) whatever fucking age i was like 21 years old hey guys i fucking write fanfiction for a kid show that's not on the air anymore hello my name's is lana like are you kidding
0: me but i mean I... We, we do we do have like episodes devoted to your fanfiction now where you're reading it to, to no one essentially yeah. but you know <laughs> and so that was
1: sort of my thing i'm such a strong-willed person that sometimes i have to go on the wrong path to realize it's the wrong path and then i just go on a different path and see if that's the right path i'm just someone who so wholly believes in like you have to explore you have to see what's ahead and even if something is bad as long as you're not like hurting anyone or yourself like it's fine and, but, but it, which like, is why I think I don't carry all this, like, oh my God, that was so embarrassing. Because I'm like, I explored it, wasn't the time or place or setting or anything. And, like, that's fine. I kept it to yeah. fanfiction.net after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For my zero fans.
0: <laughs> but that's what's so interesting about this particular story. So, one, I, like, am now even cringing for that one. I do feel secondhand embarrassment just knowing what. The lit mag was about, yeah, I can see where Harley is coming from <laughs> that. Yeah. And yeah, it's kudos so to you if, if you had like self-awareness in that moment to realize, oh, wow, probably not, probably not it. And also seeing where your writing had started. I Granted, we haven't reached that part in the fanfiction series yet. For me to know what 20-year-old Alana wrote like. But I could see you reading the middle chapter in your book, in your fan fiction. Sorry, it is um. a book, okay? <laughs> it is my novel. <laughs> but that's why I was also curious, like if fan fiction was ever part of this Lit Mag experience. Because the f- part that I see now of your fan fiction, other than us talking about it openly in the podcast, you have a completely different persona that you don't really introduce in your personal life otherwise or your professional life hikari Bruder is a completely different persona that you have that is for the most part cut off if people dug enough they could find it
1: oh yes for- they absolutely could <laughs> if they ever put yeah. two and two like oh alana and fan fiction. If I like it would take no time at all. Yeah, and in, in, in yeah. fact,
0: like I, I don't think I understood your love for Yu-Gi-Oh until after, like I visited your garage house. It's the, it's the mokuba and the locket story, where I'm just like, oh, <laughs> this bitch loves Yu-Gi-Oh. This bitch writes about Yu-Gi-Oh. Like I, I didn't understand it until that moment. But like that part of your personality is a little bit sectioned off from other aspects.
1: Yeah, compartmentalized, I, right?
0: And, and that's where I could see like maybe the shame coming through or the embarrassment coming through. Let me ask you this question, a little bit more directly: When your coworkers found out about Hikari Bruder, were you embarrassed about that?
1: That's a great question. And I guess you are uncovering the one aspect of my life that I guess I am embarrassed about, question mark? Because yeah, you're right. If I'm so wholly committed to exactly who the fuck I am and what's up, why do I have three different Twitter accounts? Why do I, <laughs> why do I hide my Hikari Bruder? <laughs>
0: And, and, and people do that yeah. all the time. They have a professional and they have a personal account like that. And that makes yeah. sense. You, you, Alana, you're in marketing. You have to have a professional sort of outward facing, you know, persona like that. That completely makes sense. You also have a third persona, though, <laughs> the Hikari Breeder persona that you you compartmentalize off in a yeah. completely different aspect of, of your life.
1: You're right, because it was it was so funny. It was one of those things where at my last place of work, I was like, oh, I'm hiding my fanfiction persona while actively posting on my personal Instagram, which was at that point in time, my first and last name. That was my handle and posting on Instagram like, oh my God, this funny tweet that I tweeted out through my Hikari Bruder account, and like it would have the handle and it's like, oh yeah, it's clearly I'm the same person. Oh, and then following my coworkers with my alias Twitter account, and then going, who the fuck is this? Oh, wait, is this you? And I'm like, oh shit, (laughs) like how I didn't put two and two together, I don't know. But yes, I think initially I did have embarrassment, but I think a part of me wanted to be found out because in my, <laughs> this is gonna sound so fucking convoluted like Batman as fuck or some shit, I don't know. But I just really wanted to be fucking seen. And I don't know, I thought they could be a Stan. I have no idea, but no, I don't know. I just think with that last, <laughs> the last place of work that I worked at, I felt very close to my coworkers and they're still dear friends of mine. So I guess to me, I was like embarrassed, but then I was like, you know what? That's okay. Like they were gonna find yeah. out about this because we're gonna go on this long friendship journey, and yeah. they might as well find out up front that I'm some fucking oh. weird bitch that writes fanfiction. Oh, no, I, but-
0: I'm sure. I'm sure you had embarrassment, like when I first saw the Mokuba locket, and you saw my reaction, and you were probably embarrassed oh. by my reaction, or you know. Oh
1: like- <laughs> no! I thought that was so funny. I laughed my really? ass off. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> No, here I would be for real, for real embarrassed if like you were like, oh my god, you have a framed photo of Mokuba. I'm like, oh shit, that is fucking weird. But because it wasn't a framed photo of Mokuba and you thought it was, I'm like, oh, that's so funny. So to answer your question though, if my current coworkers and my current place of work found out about my fan fiction, I would actually die of embarrassment and would probably have to Insta quit, like even without a <laughs> job. So there is that. I guess I can be embarrassed. There's one. <laughs> Last story, this just made me think of, Francis, that you will love, and it's a perfect story I think to end on, uh, if you agree, but at my last place of work, like I said, we were all very good friends. We follow each other on all of the platforms, Instagram, Facebook friends, Snapchat even. At this point in in my life, I was living with my laundry on the bed, uh, dirty laundry. That was disgusting. Uh, I, I probably actually, yes, I do have retroactive embarrassment about that. That was so fucking weird that I was so blatantly like, I'm disgusting. And like, you would come over and see how disgusting I was like, who the fuck does that? And now I'm like, yeah, that is pretty fucking nasty. I don't know why (laughs) Francis is still friends with me when I went through that weird fucking period in my life. Like that was disgusting.
0: (laughs) And one of my arguments to you, I was like, Alana, why would you put the clean laundry on the bed that you're on? And then, like, sleep in it, you're just making your clean clothes dirty. Don't you know that you sweat at night also, especially during the summer and the warm months? And you're like, no, I don't sweat at night. No, that doesn't happen. Like, it's still clean even after I sweat in it. Like, what are you talking about? Like, (laughs) like, you're sweating into your goddamn clothes and you're sleeping in it. It's going to be dirty. So dirty. yeah, I, I, I never understood like why you were so adamant that it was the cleanest thing in the world because it really wasn't.
1: I know. And I'm someone who owns every aspect of myself and that was something I was just like, I'm just gonna own it. And it's like, girl, don't like change. This is where you change. This is where you grow as a person. This is where you learn and you grow the fuck up like you are disgusting. Do you remember, we had a whole back and forth about this for months. I was like, oh, Francis thinks I'm disgusting, but I'm fucking not. And it's like, you are like, girl, what is wrong with you? This is a fucking health hazard. I can't believe your parents know this about you when they're just letting it happen.
0: (laughs) I, I even asked, how do you know which one's like clean or dirty? And I think you honestly did not know which ones were clean or dirty after I a I think I would smell
1: them, honestly. Which like ah! That's gross! Exactly! Oh. Thank you! Yes! Yes! I, like, truly... God, no wonder I projected such big baby energy. Like, my God, I <laughs> needed a lot of growing up. Like, I was way too old to be doing that shit. I was in my mid-twenties when I was doing that shit. So, my coworkers, we're friends on everything. We're sharing everything. We're developing this beautiful friendship. And meanwhile, Francis and I are having this back and forth about how I'm fucking disgusting. And I'm like, nah, dude, like you're just, you're a crazy clean freak. I was just very adamant that this was just who I was. I was just fucking nasty, I guess. I, like now thinking back, I'm like, what? I really doubled down. I was like, nah, dude, this is who I am. And it's like, bitch, you don't have to be like that. That's so fucking gross. Oh my God. So anyway. One night, I'm Snapchatting and I'm posting to my story, which is me falling back onto my bed, onto the laundry and just be like, oh, haha, me and my dirty laundry, like, LOL. And I post, I send it directly to Francis and then I also posted to my story because I just thought it was something I should share with the rest of the world. Like, I thought it was so funny, this back and forth we had
0: i think you thought it was normal i think you thought yes. it was like n- normal to just like sleep in your dirty laundry very or much so
1: i i think my mentality truly was like oh francis is just a clean freak like he doesn't fucking get it but like i get it somehow i don't know why i thought that was getting <laughs> like living in filth was getting it but okay bitch and then my dear friend jasmine goes lol but it's like clean though right it's not actually dirty that's when it dawned on me like oh this is disgusting this is fucking weird. <laughs> Why did I post this on my story? I think I immediately okay. removed it. Because <laughs> <Did laughs> I was really? like, oh, oh, this is disgusting. God. Yeah, oh, I would look at my Snapchat archives because I know how to do that now. And like, I think I took it down.
0: Do you remember that Snapchat? I, I do remember that Snapchat. Oh, of course I do. In that Snapchat, you're like buried in your laundry and you're smiling yeah. and you're holding up a piece sign or like looking cute or something like that. And <laughs> the caption was exactly that. And I love that it took somebody outside of my friendship with you to convince you that you were disgusting.
1: (laughs) I know. And I think I started shaping things up because it was that year that I was like, oh, I can't live with my clothes on my bed. I think I had stopped that behavior a little bit before I got engaged, right? It
0: went from the bed to the floor, but...
1: (laughs) (laughs) A, <laughs> yes, which we call an improvement.
0: <laughs> I actually had another story, but I, I think we're at that time, so. Oh, okay. I'll have to tell it to you later.
1: Okay. Well, is it short?
0: It's about my face blindness.
1: Oh, the face blindness story is—that's a quick one.
0: Is it quick? I don't know how long. Well, I guess I could do it, and then maybe I'll—I'll I'll cut it out and put it into a different episode of Hodgepodge. But so, do you know what face blindness is, Alana?
1: Yes, and I know the exact affliction you're discussing, and possibly the yeah. stories you're going to be referencing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I didn't know what face blindness was until I—I I, I was working. And part of my background noise, I like to put on 60 Minutes. And at the time, this is actually one of my favorite episodes, Leslie Stahl was doing a piece on face blindness, and it's about people whose brains literally cannot recognize faces. And it's such a human thing for me to look at you, Alana, and recognize you as Alana. There are people who are born without the ability to to keep that into their minds. They're aff- afflicted with face mind- blindness. And I think I have a little bit of that. like. It's hard for me to meet somebody the first time and really commit their face to memory. It's just very hard for me to do that. It takes maybe three or four times before I recognize you as somebody I should know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like face blindness or what, but try as I might, it, it just doesn't stick with me until a few tries later. And so the first time that this happened to me, I was in high school and I, I was getting a little bit into working out. And when I got back to school, somebody complimented me, wow, you really bulked up since last year, but I did not recognize this person. I would just like smile. I was like, oh, cool, thanks. Glad you recognize and just kind of went on my way. And that interaction of just me kind of not recognizing them and going about my business, that is how I go about with face blindness if I don't recognize somebody if somebody recognizes me I, I will just play along and then walk away this last time I was at the gym and somebody looks at me I can see that they're looking at me they recognize me they but I don't recognize them like I have no idea who they are and he like says hi, and I say hi back, but I don't know you. Like, I'm just trying to work out. I'm just trying to, like, mind my own business. So I, I don't say anything else. And it dawns on me that, oh, I have met this guy before. That guy is my freaking neighbor that we met at a party, and we talked about his fucking plants that he had outside. We had this really nice conversation. I just did not recognize him. And so I... Walked home, kicking myself because, uh, like, how did I just snub this guy? A lot? Like, I just felt so bad that I could just kind of blew him off at the gym after we had this pleasant conversation. Otherwise, like that. Yeah, yeah that a happens to me. Plant connection. A lot. I know we had Damn. like we talked about his clem like his clematis. He has got this really beautiful vine that is growing on the side of his house that I love. It's this very deep purple color. And I keep telling Chris, I'm going to make friends with these people because I really want a cutting of that vine. And now it's never going to happen. I snubbed him at. Yeah, the gym. I was about to
1: say, Francis, you done fucked up, dude. Your <laughs> plant connection. Oh, I know. Hold on. But he didn't come up to you, it sounds like, to we say We were hey, working like, out what's... right
0: next to each other.
1: Oh, but, but wasn't he just like looking at you? But did he say anything? Or did he said hi?
0: He said, oh, Oh, hi. He did say hi. Okay. Yeah. But
1: it wasn't like, oh, hey, like, we're blah, blah, blah. Or he didn't try to have an in depth. I guess he was hoping or maybe waiting to have. Maybe he could recognize. I mean, you're very facially honest i think you would agree <laughs> right francis like when you yeah. feel or when you're taken aback by something you show it like your poker face i think does not exist <laughs> right Fran- <laughs> like you would agree with that yeah. right yeah I do and so agree. i think he was just like oh this guy does not know who the fuck i am i probably should not like i'll yeah. try and say hi and maybe he'll recognize my voice but like yeah he could probably see you were just very like who is this person <laughs>
0: And and so that's why it's like, for me, a very cringy experience because, you know, I I know this about myself. I I try really hard to recognize people and try to associate names and faces, but I just can't. There's just something in me that I can't. And so whenever I have those moments where people recognize me and they recognize my name and they reference like some other conversation we had or something like that, and I honestly can't remember, I feel bad. Is it embarrassing? I don't know. Like It's more cringy, like, oh. It's, yeah, it's cringy, I think. um, Because embarrassing,
1: like, you had no control. You're not doing anything to necessarily make that situation, but it is cringe, you know? Yeah. I think it just speaks to how impactful it is to meet you and to know you and how incredible you are and how grateful I am to have you in my life because Mm -hmm. I get to be friends with the most memorable and amazing person on this planet. And so that just means, Francis, like, being as incredible as you are, that everyone is going to remember you, but you are too cool to remember everyone you meet. And honestly, I'm fine with that. I love that because you are the person that taught me to not live in my laundry and to lock my doors. So I am forever in your debt, effectively, for the rest of my life. And I appreciate that. And I love you. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, it is it is a little cringy, but it's not your fault. It's just like some people have face-pointed this. It's a real thing. And you're trying, but it happens. Sad for that plant opportunity, though, that was missed. I know.
0: You know. I know. I... Oh, my God. Really
1: sad about that.
0: I know. I'm I i I'm torn up. I'm going to take a picture and I'll show it to you. It's like the most beautiful plant. Like, the flowers are so... That's a deep purple that you don't usually... See. I'm sorry, I'm like going off course, but it's a great plant.
1: <laughs> can't you just take if it's outdoors? Can't you just take a little little clipping? I can't while just well, and, or is uh, that like really rude? That's probably like this incredibly rude, right?
0: This is do. okay. So I don't know if I'll include this in the episode, but this is another story about that neighbor that we bonded over. They recently got something stolen out from the front of their house. It was this really beautiful chiminea, which a chiminea for those who don't know, it's like sort of a fire pit with a, it's a clay fire pit chimney kind of looking situation. You use it outdoors mainly as a fire pit, but you can also cook on it. But they were using it as a plant stand. So they had some plants in there that they were growing. And it was really nice. I admired it every time I walked by. Recently though, they had gotten it stolen and somebody had stolen it off of their sort of front sidewalk. The guy that I saw at the gym, he posted about it on next door. It was his security footage of the the people actually oh, coming shit. up um, in the middle of the night, taking it, um, putting it in the back of their car and driving away. And it, I think it cost them like a couple hundred dollars or something like that, but they were pissed. And what it also showed me was that they have a security camera on that piece of the sidewalk. So I could try to steal it, Alana, to your question, but But they would also know that it was me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then you would be the guy that not only really snubbed him at the gym, but now you're stealing fucking plans off his fucking house. Yeah, no, that's a that's a no for me, for me, fam. Let's let's not. That do would that. be
0: way, 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 way too cringy.
1: Really cringy, and we don't want to lean into the cringe. We just want it to happen to us, and for it to then like very quickly end because that was we so just, fucking. Yeah, we just
0: wanna we just want laugh about it at the podcast, and that's it.
1: Exactly, love that. That's it for our show, folks. I'm Francis. And I'm Alana. And you can find us on Instagram at hqaf.productions.
0: We post every other week. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And
1: until next time, the, the best, best ship to, to sail on is friendship. <laughs>